our scripture text today as we finish our study of the book of Genesis is in Romans chapter 15. And we are going to read verses 4 through 14. So let us stand for the reading of the word of God. Romans 15, verses 4 through 14. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus, that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, accept one another just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. For I say that Christ has become a servant to the circumcision on behalf of the truth of God to confirm the promises given to the fathers and for the Gentiles to glorify God in his mercy, as it is written, Therefore I will give praise to thee among the Gentiles. I will sing to thy name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, There shall come the root of Jesse, and he who arises to rule over the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentiles hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And concerning you, my brethren, I myself also am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to admonish one another. You may be seated. One of the reasons, one of the most important reasons that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is so weak and confused and vulnerable to all the poison around us is because it has no appreciation for the Old Testament. It never reads the Old Testament. It does not realize the that the authority of the Old Testament is equal to the authority of the New Testament. Uh, the church today has really no use for the Old Testament. They don't understand that if you don't understand the Old Testament, you don't understand the gospel. If you don't understand the Old Testament, you don't understand Jesus. And if you don't understand the Old Testament, you don't understand Christian ethics. And you're not going to be able to distinguish good from evil. If you don't understand the Old Testament, appreciate it, you're going to get your politics wrong. That's how important the Old Testament is. That's why the title of today's sermon is The Gospel of Genesis in Romans 15. It's amazing as I read this chapter, and this is one of my favorite chapters, we're not going to preach on the whole chapter. 
But this is one of my favorite chapters in the New Testament because it is a recap of everything we've been talking about in Genesis now for the past several months. It's amazing. It just summarizes and puts together and ties up in one piece all of the great truths and principles and doctrines that we've been looking at in the gospel uh, in the book of Genesis. I want you to notice how Paul begins this discussion in verse 4. In verse 4, he says this. Whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. Now, if a local preacher down the road a piece needs any verse in the Bible to prove that you need the Old Testament as a Christian, there it is. But what does that young preacher say on television and in his morning services? If we're going to get it right and be uh, relevant Christians in the 21st century, we must unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament. So you have people today all over the country that see no role for the Old Testament in our lives, and the reason is, one of the reasons, is because you have preachers today that say if you tie yourself to the Old Testament, you will not be able to understand the gospel. So you have to unhitch yourself in spite of the fact that Paul says, for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. Now, when he says what was written in earlier times, he's obviously talking about the Old Testament. Paul lived in the New Testament. He's talking about uh, the church fathers that he read in the Old Testament. And he says that the the things that were written by the prophets in the Old Testament have a purpose in our lives today. Not just for the people that lived in the New Testament, but the people who live on this side of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That it's useful for us. It holds out instructions. There's things you can learn. There's things you need to learn. What was written in the Old Testament was written for our instruction. In what areas? Every area. I cannot think of an area uh, in life where the Old Testament does not have some instruction for us in showing us how to live or how to think. If the Old Testament, as well as the rest of the Bible, if the Old Testament uh, isn't play, it doesn't play a central role in the shaping of the way you look at life, you're going to be mixed up on everything. I cannot impress you enough with how important the Old Testament is to the Christian life in the 21st century. So if somebody comes up to you, one of your Christian friends, and you say, we have a New Testament church. Very sweetly say to them, I am so sorry. <laughs> because we don't. That we have a Bible church. We believe that the New Testament is there for our instruction. 
And whatever the fathers wrote in earlier times was written for our instruction today. And you're missing out on how to look at life and the blessings that God has for you if you discard the Old Testament and unhitch yourself from it. What are some of those things that we get from the Old Testament and the whole Scriptures? Verse 4, for whatever. Whether it's in the book of Psalms, you say, well, I like the book of Psalms. It doesn't say whatever was written in the book of Psalms. It said whatever was written in the Old Testament. Whatever. Nahum. Habakkuk. Leviticus. Whatever was written in the Old Testament. You can't pick and choose. Whatever was written in the Old Testament in earlier times was written for our instruction that, in order that, now every word of this is so great, that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, you might, we might have hope. What do the Scriptures give, particularly New Testament and Old Testament, all of them together? What does Scripture give us? Perseverance, encouragement, and hope. So that if you're lacking in hope, you're lacking in encouragement, if you're down in the mouth all the time, you don't see any hope for what's going on in the world today, if you have a hard time persevering and doing what is right when all these pressures upon you are trying to pull you away from Christ, when you have a hard time enduring all of the challenges and, uh, and burdens you have to face in life. When you, uh, you know the difference between right and the wrong, that's not your problem. You just don't feel encouraged to do right. You know why all those things are true in your life? You're not reading the Old Testament. You're not meditating on the Old Testament. You're not hearing preaching on the Old Testament, as well as the New. And these are the very things we need in life. We need perseverance. Now, some translations may have the word uh, patience, but it's more the idea of endurance, persevering and enduring hard times. Now, when a Christian uses the word endure, remember he's not a stoic. He's not somebody that says, yes, I believe in persevering through all these hard times. I believe we're just supposed to grin and grit our teeth and bear whatever life throws at us. That kind of attitude has nothing to do with Christianity. That's Greek stoicism. The Bible talks about patience. It talks about, number one, being content with the will of God. I am, found my, I am content in every situation in which I find myself. I don't understand why those situations arise. I don't understand why I have to face certain things I do face. But I'm going to endure it, not with a grin and bear it. Because I'm going to do it because that's what my Father in heaven 
wants me to do in this life. He feels that the things he brings in my life are things I need to be a better Christian. So if you're having problem, problems persevering and enduring the trials and the burdens and the headaches and the challenges and the battles you have to face, maybe it's because you're not living enough in the Old Testament as well as the New. Now, do you see why we spent so much time in Genesis? I preached over 100 sermons in the book of Genesis. Why? I need perseverance. I need encouragement. Sometimes I don't want to persevere. Sometimes I just want to go off and take it easy and leave the battlefield and avoid all the uh, arrows and darts and things thrown at me. I get tired of that after a while. I just want to leave and give it all up. I don't. Why? <laughs> I'll read the Old Testament. And the Old Testament gives you perseverance. And it gives you encouragement. And it gives you hope. But it says, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instructions that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, that's the source, we may have hope. So when we get this perseverance and encouragement from the Scriptures, we are hopeful people. We are a people that look toward the future with confident assurance that God's going to do everything he said he would do. There's a lot of things we have to face in the future. I think some of the things are going to be harder in the near future than they have been in the recent past to face. I think one thing we're desperately going to need and our children are going to need is hope, not wishful thinking, not crossing my fingers and hoping for the best, but real hope and confidence that as for me and my family, nothing is going to seduce us away from Christ and his word. That God is going to be faithful to do everything he's promised in his word. And he's not going to let one thing fall to the ground unfulfilled that he said he would do. So if you're not a hopeful person, if you're depressed, down in the dumps and the doldrums, always worried about what's coming next, you're not reading the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament gives hope. What else it give? Verse 4, whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction that through perseverance and encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Now, why does this book, paper, black ink, torn pages, why does this book 
give those things that we desperately need in life that you can't get anywhere else. Next verse, 5. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind. Why does the Bible give encouragement and endurance, uh, perseverance, hope? Because it's God's book and God does it. It's not the ink on a page. There's nothing magic about the ink on the page. Nothing magic about the paper. It's a book through which God gives perseverance and endurance and hope and encouragement and instruction. You want God to give you those things? Read the Old Testament along with the New Testament. What else uh, God gives us through his word? Verse 5, Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another, according to Christ Jesus, that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's interesting. You look at the church today, and it is fragmented. How many different denominations are there in the world today? I don't know, but there's a lot. It's embarrassing. How many different viewpoints and doctrinal systems are there out there? How many Christians disagree with each other out there in this world? I don't know, but I know why. They're not reading the Old Testament that if you read the Old Testament, listen to it preached, meditate upon it, there's going to be a unity of mind and a unity of voice and a unity of mission among Christians today. You want to have unity in the Christian church? I'll never forget Wayne Rogers preached a sermon one time. And the title of his sermon was, Why Can't We All Just Be Calvinists? And the answer is, not reading the Old Testament. That if you want one mind with other Christians, if you want to bring unity with other Christians, where we have more unity, we think the lie alike, we share the same opinions, the same worldview, we're not fractured as we are today. We read the Old Testament. Everybody reads the New Testament. But do you look at those people that read the Old Testament and listen to it preach? You watch them. You listen to them. There's more unity among that crowd than there is among the crowd that only reads the New Testament. Like what Francis Knight Julie, he was a great scholar, reformed scholar in the 20th century. He had about 11 earned doctorate degrees. And he was South African. And... Uh, Studied every morning he had Bible study from 20 different translations of the Bible, one of which was Gaelic. And he was a man who loved to preach, loved to study the scriptures, 
read commentary, wrote commentary after commentary on the Old Testament and pled for unity among Christians. And he said one time that the New Testament is only a short commentary on the real Bible. A short commentary on the Old Testament. Now that was, you know, a little hyperbole. But nevertheless, there is a point there. Everybody reads the New Testament, but nobody understands it. Nobody agrees on what the New Testament says because nobody reads the Old Testament. So what can the Bible give us in studying the Old Testament? Unity. The one thing that people look at the church expecting us to give, we don't have. There's no other institution, organization in the earth that can give unity to this broken world. And if we want to have unity with our brothers and sisters down the road and our brothers and sisters across the sea and share the same views on what the New Testament teaches and what the gospel is, Read the Old Testament. Study the Old Testament. It says when you do that, the old, uh, reading what the fathers have written not only will give you unity of, uh, of um, minds believing the same things, unity of voice. It gives the church unity of voice in its glorifying of the Father. I mean, I really don't blame sometimes non-Christians for being confused as Christians. They come, Christian comes, they, one Christian will say, this is the truth, this is how to be saved, this is how to be saved, this is what Romans meant, this is what Jesus meant. And these unbelievers who are already darkened by their sin Get all these different confessions of truth. All these different voices. One group of Christians confess Christ this way. One group confess Christ that way. You know why they don't have one voice? <laughs> they don't read the Old Testament. Verse 6, with one accord you may with one voice glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, accept one another, just as Christ also has accepted us to the glory of God. We don't accept each other. Who's Paul talking about? The strong Christians don't accept the weak Christians. And the weak Christians don't accept the strong Christians. And the Jews don't accept the Gentiles. And the Gentiles don't accept the Jews. Because they don't read the Old Testament. Now, here's my favorite part. I want you to read this 
think about every word, and then think about what we've studied in Genesis so far. Here's why the Bible, both Old and New Testament, is so powerful to do things in your life that only God can do. Ever leave church on Sunday and believe that something happened to you today? God did something in your life. Uh, the preacher couldn't have done it. So when you leave the building, you don't thank the preacher. You thank Almighty God because he's doing, through the reading and preaching of the Scripture, something that only God can do. Why is that? Here's the great passage. See if you can hear Genesis in this. Verse 8. For I say that Christ has become a servant to the circumcision on behalf of the truth of God to confirm the promises given to the fathers and for the Gentiles to glory, glorify God for his mercy. Now let's change some of those words around. I think there's a better way to translate some of those words into English and see if you can see a Genesis here. I say that Christ has become a servant. And a better word for servant there is administrator. Minister. All right, remember that. Christ has become. Let me give you a Greek lesson. There are three kinds of past tense in Greek. One is an imperfect tense that denotes continuous action in past time. Another is an aorist tense, A-O-R-I-S-T, that denotes a singular action in the past. Then there's a third past tense called the perfect tense. And the perfect tense is used to denote something that began in the past and continues into the present and on into the future. This is not an imperfect tense. This is not an aorist tense. This has become is a perfect tense. And it's saying that Jesus Christ became in the past the administrator of something, continues to be the administrator of that today, and will administrate that on into the future. What's he administering? For I say that Christ has become an administrator, and that too can be better translated or equally translated for, F-O-R. So let's don't say two, let's say four. For I say that Christ has become an administrator 
It can mean uh, of or for or to. Of the circumcision. Now, what is it to be a, an administrator of the circumcision? What was circumcision in the Old Testament? Circumcision was the sign and seal of the Abrahamic covenant. God made some promises to Abraham. And he said, Abraham, to testify to the fact that you believe those promises, as I testify to the fact that I'll be faithful to them, I want you and your sons to bear the sign of the covenant, which is circumcision. So when it says, I say that Christ has become an administer of the covenant of which circumcision is a sign. So it's talking about the Abrahamic covenant. It's talking about that covenant that we studied week after week after week. And he says, here's why reading the Old Testament is so important today, verse 8, because I say that Christ in the old, uh, in years gone by, became the administer, which he still is and will always be, of the covenant that has circumcision as a sign. So to this very day, the Lord Jesus Christ, from the right hand of God, is administering the promises God made to Abraham in the life of his people. I say, Christ became in the past, is now, and always will be an administrator of the covenant of Abraham that has circumcision as a sign. On behalf of the truth of God, I'm doing this on behalf of the truth of God. Now, remember we said before that the Hebrews had a different meaning for truth than the Greeks did. That when the Greeks talked about truth, they talked about veracity, uh, true as against false, solid as against illusion. Uh, the Greeks had that that. That's the way they interpreted truth. But the Hebrews interpreted truth as faithfulness. So when Rahab was asked by the police in Jericho if she had seen Hebrew spies and where'd they go, she said, no, I haven't seen them, and they went that way. When she lied to the police, she was being truthful. She was being faithful to her covenant brothers. So here the Lord Jesus Christ is administrator of the Abrahamic covenant that has the sign of baptism today and representing the faithfulness of God. Jesus came to earth to become the minister of the covenant, to display and magnify the faithfulness of God.
2, verse 8, to confirm the promises given to the fathers. That's packed with meaning, isn't it? For, verse 8, for or because, here's why the Bible of the Old Testament should be read, because I say that Christ has become in the past, still is, and always will be, administrator of the covenant of Abraham that had as its sign circumcision, but today baptism, representing the faithfulness of God to everything he's promised, in order to confirm and to put into effect the promise Promises given to the fathers in the Abrahamic covenant, putting them into effect today and tomorrow. So you see, if you have not reading the Old Testament, you don't know what in the world those promises are. Because the promises that Jesus came to put into effect in the life of all of God's Christians are the promises of the Abrahamic covenant. Uh, there's some new theologies around. I forget the name of them. There's just all kinds of them. One's called New Covenant Theology. It's a good name, but it's a rotten theology. <laughs> and what they say is that uh, the new covenant that Christ came to establish on earth is something totally new and different from everything he uh, the Bible talks about before. That the new covenant is new and different from any covenant in the Old Testament. Those guys are liars. You, rec you recognize they're lying when they tell you that? That the new covenant <laughs> is something new and different than the covenants of the Old Testament? That's a bold-faced lie, and it's particularly in, in the light of these words. That Jesus Christ became in the past, is today, and always will be an administer, administrator of the covenant of Abraham who signed his circumcision to represent the faithfulness of God in order to put into effect, that's the word for confirm, in order to put into effect the promises given to the fathers. What did Jesus come to do in the new covenant in your life? One, to reveal himself to you. To let you know that he's the almighty God. Two, to enter into a covenant bond with you wherein you would be, he would be your God and you would be his people down through thousands of generations of those who love him. He would make your seed be more numerous than the stars, the sky, and the sand of the seashore. Who's the seed of Abraham? Those who belong to Jesus by faith regardless of ethnic origin. He came that through his seed, 
every family and nation on this earth down through history would would, uh, uh, receive the covenant blessings of justification by faith alone and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And because that many people will receive all those blessings, they got to have a place to stand. They got to have a place to sit. They got to have a place to worship. So God says, Here, I'm going to give you the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Abraham, inheriting Palestine is just a down payment. You will be heir of the world and all of your seed after you. That is what the administrator of the Abrahamic covenant is doing today. There is no other gospel. Believe the gospel. Believe that Jesus Christ centuries ago became the administrator of the covenant made with Abraham, which the sign now is baptism. And he is the administrator of it now and always will be. You're never going to change. You believe he came in order to represent the faithfulness of God to every promise that he's made so that he might accomplish and bring into effect all the promises today of the Abrahamic covenant in the life of Christians. You know what Jesus' ultimate purpose was to glorify God by becoming the administrator of the Abrahamic covenant in the 21st century and down through the history of mankind. You know what his main purpose was and his main goal? Look at the next verses. And, verse 9, for the Gentiles to glorify God for his mercy. Now, Gentiles means uh, technically non-Jews. You have Jews and you got non-Jews. But there's another way to translate, translate Gentiles that I like better. Jesus came to save the Jews and everybody else. Not just the non-Jews, but everybody else. And for the everybody else, glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, then he starts quoting the Old Testament. Quote, quotes about eight verses. I will give, therefore I will give praise to thee among everybody else. And I will sing thy name. And again, he says, rejoice everybody else with his people. 
And again, praise the Lord, everybody else, and let everybody else praise him. And again, Isaiah, there shall come from the root of Jesse, and he who arises to rule over everybody else, in him shall everybody else hope. Gospel. That's why he's called the Savior of the world. That's why the Bible says, for God so loved the world. Not this, just the Jews. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's a far bigger, bigger gospel than what people in the 21st century believe. Believe that gospel. Don't truncate it. Don't make it anything less than what it really is. That's why I get so upset when people refer to Jesus as their personal Savior. Nowhere in the Bible is Jesus called a personal Savior. He's a cosmic Savior. He's the Savior of the world and of his people throughout this world. So, I know that. Can I be so certain about that? I believe the same Old Testament verses that Paul quoted. So if you read and study and meditate on the, Lord, the, uh, the, the Old Testament, you will see a difference in your faith. It will become stronger. It will have a more solid foundation. It will give you a burning desire to witness to everybody else. It'll give you the desire to read the New Testament and to read the Old Testament. And the more you read of both of those, the more you want to share Christ with all of your friends. And realize that this gospel never changes. Never will change. Why is it that reading and studying and listening to the Old Testament preach does things in your life that only God can do? Because the administrator of that word and the focus of that word became the only mediator of the covenant 2,000 years ago, is today and always will be. And his word, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is the instrument that he uses to call its Jews and everybody else to come to Christ. So don't hold back in your witnessing. Don't be afraid to be specific. Study the Bible. Do like Paul did, and it'll make you like Paul. You'll have the same theology as Paul. 
You'll have the same ethics as Paul. You'll have the same burning desire as Paul to see God's church as one in mind and in voice and to see and hear that voice go out with irresistible, unsuppressible power. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for these dear words. Thank you that you have blessed us to see them and believe them. We pray that your word, Old and New Testament, would have the same effect in Paul, us, that it had in Paul. sake. Amen.